it's time for another episode of Gospel Preaching Live, brought to you by the Kearney Church of Christ, which meets at 406 North Clark in Kearney, Missouri. Make plans to come out and visit the brethren who look forward to seeing you. And now the host of Gospel Preaching Live, Richard Dodson. Hello, my name is Richard Dodson. I'm a minister working with the Kearney Church of Christ, and every Sunday evening and Thursday evenings, we try to bring a message to you uh, from God's Word online, and uh, Sunday evenings at 6 p.m., Thursday evenings at 7 p.m. If you have any questions about this teaching or the work, you can call or text me at 816-686-9517. That's 816-686-9517. Please keep in mind I am in the central time zone. You can also email me at gospelpreachinglive at gmail.com. That's gospelpreachinglive at gmail.com. I'd be glad to hear from you. If you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, uh, feel free to leave comments in the comment section, and I'll do my best to uh, respond. And it would help me to spread this message if you would give us a like and share this message. If you find it to be scriptural, uh, share this message with as many people as you can. And that would help us take this message around the world. We want it to go to all people. So that's our aim. That's our work. And we pray that it is sound. If it's not sound, then please take the time to respond to me and point out what is not right with this teaching so that I can make corrections with it. Okay, this evening, I want to talk to you about your faith. But before doing that, and by way as an introduction, you know, when I was a lad, a young man, my father built houses. And uh, early on, he framed houses. And I worked with him as a framer. He took me out working with him as early as eight years old. And I would uh, learn uh, the skill of carpentry from my father. And uh, we did much of the work ourselves. I learned a lot about tools and how to use them. And uh, one of the lessons my dad taught me was that we really need to take care of your tools. Because if you don't take good care of your tools, you won't be able to make a living. And so each day and each night, I, it was my job to load the tools up in the truck. And, and I always had to be mindful of that fact. Sometimes I just wanted to leave them in the truck instead of locking them up in the shed. My I, Dad and I both slept over the, the truck. Our bedrooms are right on top of where we parked the truck. So I was thinking, you know, if somebody was trying to steal something, I would hear it. But uh, that wasn't good enough for Dad. He knew how important the tools were. And so we had to take them out and lock them up every day, every night. Uh, that's what our practice was. And, you know, I can understand why the tools are important, but now I want to apply that. And I think you would agree with that too. If you are someone that has uh, tools to perform in your craft, you understand how important it is to take care of your tools. But uh, I want to apply that same principle though, to our faith in Christianity. You know, 1 Peter chapter 5 tells us that we have an adversary, and that's Satan. Now, he's been around a long time, and he has fought many, many battles. He knows how to do his job pretty well. 
And so with that, we have to understand, we have to be able to learn from the Lord how we can defend ourselves against him. And of course, the title of this lesson is Defend Your Faith. And you probably see the shield on the on the screen there, shield of faith. And the reason I went with that is what is taught in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 16. Paul said, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Now, faith is the tool that we use to be able to protect ourselves from Satan's temptations. Now, that's important. Now, somebody could steal your tool, and that may set you back. You may have to go buy another tool, and I'm not saying that's a good thing. But if someone damages your shield of faith or takes your shield of faith, then, you know, that can, that can have catastrophic consequences. That could cost you your eternal soul. So your shield of faith is what Paul describes here in Ephesians chapter 6. That's important to you. Very, very important because it has that purpose, being able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked, being able to go up against Satan in battle, a battle that you know you're going to fight. Uh, so you need that shield of faith. That's an important tool that the Lord has given you. But, you know, sometimes people take that for granted. Other people don't take it for granted. And the Bible lists people who don't. One such man is Abraham. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 17 through 19, Abraham had always wanted a child. He always wanted a son, but Sarah was too old. And so the Lord, at their ripe old age, gave them Isaac. And Abraham and Sarah just loved Isaac. I mean, they wanted him for so long. But now the Lord is going to test Abraham to see if he loves Isaac more than him. And so he told Abraham that he wanted him to take Isaac and offer Isaac upon an altar. Well, you can imagine how that must have bothered Abraham. He must have agonized over it. And you can tell from this passage in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 17 through 19, this was something that he had to contemplate. This was a test, a trial of his faith. But notice what it says. It says, by faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, who had received the promises, was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He considered that God was able to even to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. So obviously Abraham contemplated this. He thought about the promises that God had made, he thought about this one particular promise, that it would be through Isaac his offspring would be named. He knew that had to be fulfilled. God can't lie. He had to keep that promise. And so he thought, well, I guess if I offer up Isaac, he's thinking he'll just raise him from the dead. Needless to say, even though he didn't really understand what was going on, he obeyed God. And so because he obeyed God, the Lord stopped him from offering his son Isaac, even though he was in the very act of, of fulfilling it. And, and he provided a ram for, for uh, Abraham so that he could uh, offer that instead of his son. 
But notice right there at the very start, it says, by faith, Abraham did this. In other words, by faith, Abraham was able to resist the fiery darts of the devil. And don't think for one minute that Abraham wasn't tempted in this situation. But he had his shield of faith. And according to Hebrews chapter 11, he used it. Now, another example is Moses. You know, he was uh, born into a slave family in Egypt, an Israelite family. But he uh, he was part of the edict of Pharaoh that uh, he announced that uh, the male children would be killed. And so his mother, wanting to spare the life of Moses, put him in a basket and sent him on float on the, uh, on the Nile. Well, it just so happened he ended up in Pharaoh's house, his Pharaoh's daughter. And uh, she, he became her son. And so he was raised, as you can imagine, very wealthy. But yet he chose, he made a choice once he became of age. He made a choice to go back and be mistreated with God's people than to enjoy the pleasures of sin. And well, how did he do that? Because it's really hard to go back down the ladder. I mean, once you're used to the goods of this world, it's hard to give them up, especially to go back and, and live with slaves. But it said, by faith, Moses did that, by faith. So you can see that faith is an important part in, in this trial that Moses had. You can imagine the temptation that he was going through. And then, of course, the walls of Jericho. You go to Joshua right there at the beginning when Joshua took the people into the promised land. The Lord wanted the inhabitants raced out of there. He wanted them to be destroyed. And so Jericho was in their path. And it was a city that was fortified with heavy walls. But the Lord told them to go march around Jericho uh, one day, you know, for six days, march around at one time. And then on the seventh day, march around at seven times, blow the trumpets, and uh, the walls would come down, be a great shout. Walls would come down. They would go in and wipe out the people. And that's exactly what they did, according to Hebrews 11.30. By faith, they did this. Now, you can imagine there had to be some questions during that time. I mean, just marching around a city, not doing anything. And I'm sure the people on top of the walls were saying stuff. That would seem kind of awkward. But they were able to fulfill uh, God's instructions because they had faith even though they might have been tempted to quit because it seemed so foolish to them, they had faith. And so faith is very important. And there are those in the Bible that the Bible mentions, uh, Noah, Rahab, various others, who had faith. And because they were able to use their faith, they were able to resist temptation. Now, Satan comes after us through all kinds of means. And I don't know if you can see this meme very well or not. Uh, I'll blow it up for you so you can take a good look at it, those of you watching on Facebook and YouTube. But he deceives through the media, science, religion, school, politics, music industry, modern Bibles. And he doesn't really care how he deceives you as long as he does. And so since you know this about your adversary going in, and you know that you need that shield of faith 
How important is it to you? Should be very important. You need that shield of faith so that you will be able to win this battle. So that's something that uh, we very much need. Now, let's see if I can have a trouble with my screen here. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 29 talks about another group of people, the Israelites. After the Israelites had been released by Pharaoh, and they got themselves backed up to the Red Sea, and Pharaoh had changed his mind and sent his soldiers out to bring them back. But uh, Moses, along with the people, Moses led the people across the Red Sea on dry land. If you remember the story, the Lord parted the sea, and Moses led the people across the, the, uh, the Red Sea and got them on the other side of it. And according to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 29, they were able to do this by faith. And this is important because their faith ends up falling, and that's what we want to talk about. Now, of course, they saw the Egyptians chasing after them, and after they got on the other side, we know what happened to the Egyptian soldiers. The Lord let the water come back, and he destroyed all those who, uh, who had pursued. Now, Exodus chapter 14 and verse 31 is a passage that talks about this incident. And notice what it says here. It says, the people feared the Lord. Why? Because they saw the great power of the Lord in Exodus 14, 31. They saw the great power that the Lord used against the Egyptians. So the people feared the Lord, and they believed in the Lord and as a servant Moses. So they had a faith. They believed. And that's something that's important. Notice what takes place once they get on the other side and after Pharaoh's soldiers are destroyed. In Exodus chapter 15, really the whole chapter is a song that the Israelites sang. But we'll just look at the first two verses because that's telling. It said, Moses and the people of Israel sang this song to the Lord, saying, I will sing to the Lord for his triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider has been thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. Okay, this is... The, the Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. Now notice what takes place just a few days later in Exodus chapter 15 and verses 22 through 24. It said, Moses made Israel set out from the Red Sea and they went into the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days in the wilderness. We're only talking three days. Three days in the wilderness, they found the water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink the water of Marah because it was bitter. Therefore, it was named Marah. And the people grumbled against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? All right, so immediately their attitudes changed. Now, you think that God is going to send all the plagues of Egypt and then save them through the course of the Red Sea to bring them out in the wilderness just to, just to watch them wither or thirst? Well, they were grumbling. They didn't like what was taking place. Their faith was failing. And that's what we need to notice. Their faith was failing. And it continued to fail all the way up until 
the 12 spies came back with their report after searching out the promised land. And it was only Joshua and Caleb who said that they could overtake the people in the land with the Lord's help. Uh, the rest of these stiff-necked people, you know, they listened to the, the majority report who lacked the faith to be able to go into the promised land and, and be able to, to uh, uh, take it over with the Lord's help, as he promised. So they, they, this was their custom. This is what they did. Their faith would fail. And that's what we got to take note of, too. We can't allow our faith to fail. You know, even Moses and Aaron got involved in this. Uh, you know, Moses and Aaron, first of all, uh, when the people got thirsty one time, they they were told to strike a rock and it would bring forth water. But then later on when the people grumbled because they were thirsty, uh, the Lord told Moses to ask a rock and it would bring forth water. But he didn't do that. He was so mad at the people, he struck the rock. And then Numbers 20 and verse 12 tells us why Moses didn't get to go in the promised land. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not believe in me to uphold me as holy in the eyes of the people of Israel. Therefore, you shall not bring this assembly into the land that I have given them. That's just hard for me to even get my head around, is the fact that the Lord is telling Moses he did not believe in him. Now, he did, but his faith faltered. He didn't believe when he needed to believe. He didn't use his shield of faith when he needed it, when all the people were grumbling and complaining. He got caught up in that instead of obeying the voice of the Lord. We can't allow ourselves to do that. That's a very dangerous thing. You know, many people have questioned faith. Some people like to think that faith can never fail or you're always going to be saved by faith. Uh, in other words, you can't fall away. But that's not what the scriptures teach, as we just seen. Uh, I won't go through all these verses, but I'll put them up here for your uh, reference. Uh, you know, your faith can grow weak, Romans 14, 4 and verse 19. Your faith can be lacking. 1 Thessalonians 3 and verse 10, your faith can be cast off. 1 Timothy 5 and verse 12, your faith can be denied, according to 1 Timothy 5 and verse 8, and your faith can die, James 2 and verse 12. All these bad things can happen to your faith if you don't take care of it. You need to take care of your faith. You need to nurture your faith so these things don't take care place. So for the rest of our time this evening, we're going to talk about three things that you can do to be able to defend your faith, to keep your faith from dying. And so these three points are going to be talked about. Faith must grow, faith must be exercised, and faith must be reminded. If we do these things, then we'll be taking care of our shield, and we'll be able to get much service out of it in our battle against Satan. So our first point being, faith must grow. That's something that's very important. Peter says this in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5 through 8. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, 
and self-control and steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly, brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So when he says, make every effort to supplement your faith, he's saying you need to grow it. It needs to grow. And you have to make an effort. This is something you have to do. Now, we know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we know then that learning is part of that. Uh, learning, but also there's application that has to be learned. And that's why he makes mention of virtue and self-control and, and uh, steadfastness, godliness, brotherly affection. All these things he mentions has to grow along with our faith. But if they do that, then our faith will continue to grow. So we need to make sure that our faith grows. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, and verse 3, Paul says the same thing. We ought always to give thanks to God for you, brothers, as is right, because your faith is growing abundantly, and the love of every one of you for one another is increasing. So you see how important it is, not only for our faith to grow, but to grow abundantly. So we need to cultivate the soil of our faith, and we need to nourish that soil, and then we need to water that soil. If we do that, we take good care of it, then our faith is going to grow. But we have to be willing to take those steps. Next thing we need to do is exercise our faith. Yeah, if you don't do something with your faith, then it's just going to wither and die. And it's the same way with our bodies. If you want to do a comparison, <clears throat> if you don't move your body around from time to time, then when you call on it to do something, like moving a heavy box, it's not going to perform. So you have to be willing to move your body a little bit to get some exercise. And so likewise, our faith needs to be exercised. First Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 2 through 3 talks about our work of faith. That's right. We, our faith is supposed to be working. It's not enough to believe, as James says, we have to obey. Abraham pointed that out to us. Uh, righteousness was accounted to him once he obeyed. So it's not enough just to know. It's not enough just to believe. You have to obey. And sometimes that can be hard to do. In 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 6 through 7, uh, it talks about our resisting temptation. He says, that we will be tested uh, through various trials, and we might be grieved from that. But when we're going through that, it is testing the genuineness of our faith. And he makes that comparison to gold, how gold is refined. And once it's been heated, once it cools off, you take a hammer and you hit it, and all the dross of the gold just falls away. All that's left is the purity. And that's what God is trying to do with our faith. He's wanting to make sure that it is purity. It is genuine. And so in order for that to happen, our faith must be exercised. 
we must go through these trials that the Lord gives. Now, our third and final point is that our faith must be reminded. Yeah, you can forget. Go into the Old Testament and look at all the times that the Lord chastises Israel because they forgot. They just simply forgot. That's why the Lord has recorded so much history in the Bible, so that we will be reminded of these very stories and that our faith will not falter. <clears throat> in 2 Peter chapter 3, and verse 1 and 2, Peter says, This is now the second letter that I am writing to you, beloved. In both of them I am stirring up your sincere mind by way of reminder that you should remember the predictions of the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord and Savior through your apostles. Reminding what God's word teaches is very, very important. If not, we can forget. We can get caught up in the works of this world, and that's a very dangerous thing to take place. In verse 5 of Jude, we read, I want to remind you, although you once fully knew it, that Jesus, who saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterwards destroyed those who did not believe. Yes, again, it's just a reminder. He's telling them again, as we see all throughout the scriptures. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 gives us a reminder of those people in the Old Testament who disobeyed and how they were punished because of their disobedience. Those are reminders. And our faith needs to be reminded so that we can be on our game, so to speak. We're going to take care of that faith. We need to constantly keep in mind that the Lord, there's those who have gone on before us who have been very successful that we read about in Hebrews chapter 11. And then in chapter 12 and verse 1, it starts off by saying, since we're so, so we're encompassed by so great a crowd of witnesses. Now, who's he talking about? Those people who live by faith, who's telling you their story in the Bible. They're reminding you. They're telling you. And they're saying, if you endure, if you are patient, the Lord's going to be with you in the end. You need to practice your faith. And that's what they're telling us. And that's what we need to do. It's very important that we remind our faith of these things. So when we're taking care of our faith, we must grow, we must be exercised, and it must be reminded. I'm talking about your faith. If that takes place, then your faith is going to be well taken care of. Why is that important? First John chapter 5, verse 3 through 5 makes it very clear. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. For everyone who's been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Our faith. That's what we got to, that's why we need to take care of that shield. That's what's going to overcome the world. And who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Well, then you need to use your faith in order to defeat the devil, because I can guarantee you he's coming for you. 
and he's got a lot of experience behind him. So you need to prepare for that battle because it is coming. Okay, that's all I have for you this evening. If you're ever in the Kearney area, Kearney in Missouri, come and visit us. We meet at 406 North Clark every Sunday morning at 930 for Bible study, 1030 for worship. We would love to have you. You can learn all about the church by going to kearneychurch.com. If you like this lesson, you want to hear more like this, tune in to KPGZ 102.7 FM every Sunday morning at 7 a.m., and you'll hear a lesson from God's Word. If you would rather listen on a uh, as a podcast and you're on Spotify or Google Podcasts, you can download Gospel Preaching Live and listen to all kinds of sermons. So I would encourage you to do that as well. Brian Spirits is an internet show I'm a part of with some other preachers. That airs every Thursday at 10 o'clock in the morning on uh, Facebook and YouTube. And you can get access to it by going to carnychurch.com, pressing on the Facebook, YouTube, and the Brian Spirits app. Uh, you can take part by making comments in the comment section, and then we do use those on the show. Okay, that's all I have for you. Uh, Lord willing, I'll bring you another lesson this Thursday at 7 p.m. Until then, remember, this is the day the Lord has made. Let's rejoice in it and be glad. This has been Gospel Preaching Live. Join us each week as truth is taught, faith is examined, and beliefs are challenged. Be sure and hit the like button so you can be notified of future episodes. And to watch past episodes, go to our website, carneychurch.com. This has been a work of the Carney Church of Christ.